And then honestly, just like every other person on any other podcast, the rich dad, poor dad, right? Read that book, changed my life. And then just, I've always been fascinated with like uh, wealthy people. Like anytime I see someone with money, it's never like, must be nice or anything. It's just like, I want to have coffee with that guy and see what he did and like pick his brain, you know? Really changed people's lives. And just, I don't think anyone knows it. Like school doesn't teach it to you. I always joke like, you know, I didn't know how to invest, but I can play. Give me a recorder. I can play hot cross buns. It's like sweet. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm ready for the real world. So it's like... Welcome millionaires and future millionaires. You're listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast, the show where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their portfolio allocation. Now to your host, Jace Mattinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaires Unveiled podcast. This is episode number 342. Stace, how's it going? What's happened? I'm just trying to keep my composure after we just tried to do this <laughs> four times in a row. <laughs> but we, we made it through that first little line. You, you made it through that first sentence or two uh, very strongly. Thank you for that. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was today, but it's all good. It's all gets edited. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be ready to rock and roll. I'm excited for today's episode. Actually, it's a it's a uh, it's a friend from the north, as they like to say. He uh, lives up in Canada and uh, commutes for work to the north, real far north. He's a power engineer, and uh, so yeah, he, he uh, com- frequently for work heads up, basically kind of week on week off, and. Uh, yeah, it keeps all of our energy supply rocking and rolling from uh, from Canada. Net worth at one point three million. He became a millionaire before he was thirty, actually. And uh, yeah, his wife didn't even know she was marrying a millionaire, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, he's done done extremely well. He does a little bit of real estate, a little bit of insurance on the side, and uh, has quite the diversified portfolio. And uh, yeah, super super great interview with with uh, Jared. I'm excited for it. If you'd like to be on the show, send us an email, millionairesinveiled at gmail.com. We've opened up some more slots into Q2 of 2024. And uh, yeah, if you haven't heard your story, if uh, you think you can add some value, we'd love to have you. Got a great lineup coming up, but always looking for uh, for uh, additional guests. So also, if you would uh, please leave us a rating and review on either iTunes or Spotify. We're getting some more on Spotify recently. I'll probably read a few of those here soon. Um, That listenership continues to grow. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pumped. We got got, uh, some good growth internationally coming. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but the numbers still keep ticking up. So uh, hopefully we can continue to spread spread the word and provide value to... uh, all those who listen. So without any further delay, let's get in the interview with Jarrett. Welcome to the Millionaires and Mail podcast. And the show we have Jarrett. Jarrett, do you want to just give us a little about your background and what you're up to now? Yeah. So I'm originally from a small town in Saskatchewan and uh, currently I live in Calgary, Alberta. I've been out here for about seven years now and I work as a power engineer up in Fort McMurray. So I'm kind of a week on, week off kind of schedule. I fly in for that. And then uh, on the side, I just finished my real estate license. So I'm kind of getting into that on my days off. And then also got like my insurance license. So I sell a little bit of life insurance on the side as well. But for sure, the main source of income is uh, my power engineering. And then uh, last year, 
I recently got married and we have a baby on the way, baby boy due December 17th. So we're kind of getting excited for that. Nice. So I got to ask, what hit first, becoming a millionaire or getting married? Uh, what was it? I think it was close to the same time. I know, I think just before getting married. My goal is to get there before 30. And I just turned 30 in March and I just hit it. Like I hit it before the 30. So that was kind of cool to just sneak by. So you married a millionaire, Wink? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't know if she knew. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I think might have just you got married in the summer. Summer. Yeah, I think I would have been just just made it by then. Or you bought the ring and you dipped under type thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, hopefully you only do it once. Yeah. So, what is your net worth today? Uh, a quick month. I think it's around like that one point. Let's try one point three. Okay. And how's it broken up? So tax-free savings account here in Canada, which is like your guys' about 127. I got a tax account with 55 in it. Another 13,000 in another account. I have 68,000 in an account that I use just for trading options. That's at 68,000. Our our RSP, which is your guys' 401k, is around. 220 total investments like through the stock market is around 485 and then current property my wife and i's house is we're actually listing it thursday we bought a new house so if we sells for what it's listed for we'll come out with 283 uh rental i got about 80 grand equity there and then i have a cabin i bought a few years ago and there's about 353 there so about 716 in equity through Real estate cash is sitting around at thirty six thousand. Crypto is small, like ten thousand, maybe forty thousand in equity and like our vehicles. And then I didn't count any little things, but that's majority of it. Nice. So let's let's start with all the the money that's invested in in the market. Did you start that right as you were kind of starting your professional career? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really. So I've been power engineering. Finished it actually right when I finished school. Oil crashed, so it was really hard to find a job. So I kind of work everywhere. So I've been up north with a good paying job for about five years now. So I kind of started all that five years ago. I didn't really have much till then. Um, But yeah, I just kind of took it on myself. And it's just something that I enjoy. So I do like I manage and do all our own for my wife and I all our investments for sure. Nice. And is that invested primarily in the equivalent of index funds or mutual funds? Or what's the breakup? Uh, I would say 30% just in your index funds. I'm a big fan of dividend investing. Um, I just can't stop thinking about the math. Like every time you buy something, it's just making your own paycheck for it. It's just, I can't stop thinking about it. And then I have a huge chunk of it in, uh, oil stocks, just maybe a little biased because of my industry, but I just think it's something that's been totally overlooked and no money's been put into it because they think that we can just turn oil off. And I think you can't. So I think there's going to be a time come here soon that they're going to realize that, oh, wow, you can't just do that. When they tell you to turn the pipes on, it takes, you know, a lot of years to uh, for investment and inventory to get actually oil out of the ground. And all these companies are kind of been sick of getting beat up and stuff. And they've openly vouched that the shareholders, it's their turn to make the money. So they're making tons of cash flow right now. Stocks are still not going up because no one's buying them because they're scared of oil. And they're just printing money and it's all coming back to the shareholders. So I think, so I don't know, hope I'm right, but I might be a little biased because that's my industry I'm in. But I think it's a pretty good opportunity to have some cash in for sure. 
Yeah. Do you plan for that to kind of continue in terms of your investment? And do you put, you know, continue to put money in those retirement type accounts? Yeah. Like the longer retirements I do, the just the index funds, because it's like, okay, well, like that stuff's not getting touched till I retire an old man. So that stuff, I get the whole index stuff. Um, and then same with the oil. If I am right, hopefully, I mean, I've been wrong before. So if we get lucky there and make some money there, I would probably sell my positions and I'd roll them into the dividend stocks and then into the uh, like the boring S&P 500s and stuff like that for sure. Awesome. So the real estate that you started accumulating, you mentioned you've got, a, is it a rental and then a cabin and then your current primary, which you're selling to buy another primary. Is that correct? Yeah, we already bought the new house. So we get the new house October 16th moving date. So now that we have that, under contract and everything's wave conditions um we've done like a major clean on ours and we're going to put it on the market thursday which has been kind of cool because i got my realtor license kind of so um me and a guy that's helping me we've kind of he showed me the ropes on it so it's kind of cool to help and kind of get a commission on both sides of my own deal for the first time so that was kind of neat but and then yeah hopefully it sells quick and then we'll be just moving into that other property why not keep the one you're in as a rental uh more so just a little conservative on my end. I just think that we're in a pretty good housing bubble in Calgary. I think it's one of those things that I'd rather just take a little capital and just be a little safe, especially with my wife. You know, she's going to be going on mat leave in December. So we'll be, she'll be on mat leave. She won't be making as much money. So will be more down to one income kind of deal. And then this way, um, if there is sort of a thing with these interest rates, like a bubble or anything like that, I got a bunch of cash sitting there to kind of tie us over. And then it's one of those things, if it does keep going up, well, we're, at least we do have a property, so it kind of hedges us in the market as well, for sure. Wow, well, you are really in a great position here, and I'm so impressed with how much you've accomplished in the last five years of building your wealth. So how did this all start, your interest in finance? How did this begin? I've always been interested in like money. Like I always just, like even as a kid, like if I bought something for 20 bucks and sold it for 40, I just thought that was the coolest thing there is and then honestly just like every other person on any other podcast the rich dad poor dad right read that book changed my life and then just i've always been fascinated with like uh wealthy people like anytime i see someone with money it's never like must be nice or anything it's just like i want to have coffee with that guy and see what he did and like pick his brain you know and just i you know like my parents like we didn't come from much money but like i've seen my mom you know work as hard as she has and she's just constantly a grinder so it's like well there's got to be a way to not have to work that hard you know what i mean so just started podcasts reading books everything like that is kind of how i got the interest in it and does your wife share similar interests or do you kind of run with this no it's more so i run with it but she's like she's a great partner with it because she's um like she trusts my opinion anytime there's a money decision we have a conversation about it but at the end of the day if i'm confident in it it's we're going to go with that route. It's the same way as like, she's a nurse. So like right now with this baby stuff, she works in the NICU with, with babies. So it's like any appointment, we have a conversation, but anything she decides, like we're going to go that way. So we're good at kind of picking our strengths and uh, that's worked out pretty well for us, but she's good. She'll like put money in her investment accounts and she'll be like, Hey, there's X amount of money in there. Go do what you do. So uh, it works out really good on both ends. <laughs> uh, kind of sticking in your lane a little bit. I mean, yeah, I'll knowing our, uh, yeah, I'll leave the babies to her and I'll try to hopefully 
do okay money wise. <laughs> it's done similar to our setup. Yeah. So <laughs> you mentioned the the real estate and also the selling selling life insurance. So where do you kind of see what's what's the goal? Do you see yourself kind of moving away from your main power engineering at some point? Is that kind of taking you towards that, or do you want to maintain this steady stream of power engineering and you know? grow this on the side where do you kind of see things going i would love to be home like i love like i liked my job up north like i really like the guys i work with and i do like the work and i like having like the seven days off and stuff but i do hate being away and especially with a little one on the way um i hate leaving my wife and like now I have trouble leaving my dog and my wife, never mind when a kid comes. So I could tell it's going to be hard on me, but it's kind of the golden handcuffs because, you know, you make more money going up north. So I would like to start these things on the side. And then maybe if I could get, you know, the real estate stuff going or something to a point one day that I could make enough that I could see the potential that I could, you know, if I have enough in my investments that I can take a leap and try it and hopefully grow back to my income I make now and be able to stay home because there's there's nothing really up here in calgary for my profession there is but you just won't make as much as you do up north right with the real estate are you hoping to use that primarily for yourself for additional real estate investments or working with other clients or or growing your own team eventually yeah i would love to work with other people you know friends and family and stuff just got to get a little more confident with it just because right now it's a tough to sell a house if you don't really know exactly what you're doing so it was good to do these last couple transactions with a guy that helped me so i kind of see it and then it's my own deal so i wasn't kind of annoying you know the seller if i didn't know what i was talking about kind of thing it was just myself so but I'd like to get like that because it's nice thing right now with the market like Calgary is it's growing. So you don't have to make as many deals as some of the smaller communities because the housing market is going up. So even if you could sell two, three, four extra a year on the side, like it would be a huge amount of money that would come in. And then you can, you know, transfer it over some of these more investments or buy more properties or have the inside scoop for buying more properties. Yeah, for sure. Right. With your rental property, is that a short term rental or a long term rental? And are no, you managing that? It's actually uh, it's just a single family with like a, a basement suite. So there's two units. It's actually back in Saskatchewan. It's yeah, so it's pretty good actually. Like I, my mom lives upstairs, um, and then there's someone in the basement. So she runs a pretty tight ship because it used to be her house. So it's pretty good. Like uh, I give her like I mean I could get more rent money for rent if there was someone else upstairs, but you gotta help mom out for sure. And she's awesome. Like uh, she pays the utilities. She treats it like her house still. If something breaks, she just fixes it and then sends me the bill. So it's super handy. And whoever's in the basement, if they're not very well, she tosses them out. Like, yeah, she's a lot more, uh, she's better at that than I am. So I just kind of like hide in the weeds and let her do her thing. But so it then she takes care of the yard and everything like that. So it works out good for both for sure. Bless mom. We love her. Yeah, God bless moms. So the the arrangement that you have with work, do you live in that property with your mom when you when you're up there? Do you have some other housing arrangements or how does that kind of work for you? Well, the rentals in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, and then when I work in Fort McMurray, Alberta, it's just a fly in, fly out, and we have a, a camp right at the site, so we're just in camp for a week. Yeah, it's right between the two plants, so it works out pretty good actually. Gotcha, and that's just work provided housing. You don't have to pay any extra for that. No, that's yeah. As soon as that's that's another thing that is nice about that job. Like if you leave with a dollar in your account and you don't, and you stay offline, online shopping, you can come home in a week with a dollar. Like cooks everything, great food. 
Um, they spoil us as best they can. I mean, it is kind of a little prison cell out in the woods, in the woods, but they make it as nice as they possibly can for sure. So we got it good that way. And you just fly up and fly back? Yeah. So I fly from Calgary. We stop in Edmonton, pick up some more of the guys there, and then we land in Fort Mac, and then they bus us right to camp, and we're there for the week. And then, so just the camp and plant will be, and then fly home. Interesting. So it's pretty common that everybody kind of lives in one of the two or main hubs there, and then everybody flies in, flies back kind of thing. Yeah, there's tons of guys that live in like BC. You can live anywhere. It's just uh, the company will cover the flight from Calgary or Edmonton or the two hubs. So you just, if you want to live anywhere, you just got to pay for that flight to get into those two hubs. So it works pretty good. Interesting. What what do you, I mean, tell our listeners a power engineer. I th- I'm trying to jog my memory. I don't even know. Granted, this is ironic because I live in Texas, but I don't know that we've even had that many people on that are in the oil and gas industry, you know, and it's, a massive industry what it, what did what do you do exactly yeah so you probably don't really know because it's it's more of like a power engineers like in the states they kind of can get away with more without like the regulations and stuff like they can more teach someone to just do the same thing we do and they don't have to but in canada through abso that's pretty regulated and stuff and you needed this ticket to run like big boilers and stuff like that so it kind of works out a little bit better for us canadians that way but in a small sense what we do is we just take we treat water throw it through some like some big boilers make steam send the steam down hole uh make everything super hot and then when it liquefies all the oil and all the you know all the gas comes up all the oil all the water comes up and then when it comes back to the plant as emulsion we call it then in the plant we treat and separate the oil and the water sell the oil and then we actually from the water we see separated uh, we can retreat and reuse it in the boilers, like 98% of the water that we bring back up. So, and then just keeps doing that. And then we, yeah, and then whatever we get, we're like 15,000 barrels a day between the two plants. So we're not a huge company, but in a short term, that's kind of what we do. Make it sound so easy for millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask too many more questions because then I won't know the answer and I'll be exposed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's pretty amazing. I mean, you drive, you know, I live in Texas and I think I've talked about that a couple of times. You drive out West Texas in particular and you see oil rigs everywhere. You see water trucks, you see all this stuff and sand trucks. And unless you actually really go and get educated, I mean, you really have no idea. You're like, oh, well, it just comes yeah. out of the ground. Like, <laughs> put, in, put gasoline in my car because there's some refinery. I've smelt those a few times like yeah you start checking the boxes pretty quick (laughs) yeah i mean it's the same thing like you know if unless you're in it you don't know about it right yeah you just use the end products but uh yeah no that's cool that's cool stuff how did you choose to go into that actually it was funny i was playing hockey and i think it was my dad or someone asked me like what are you gonna do when you're done hockey because you clearly ain't gonna make it and i was like yeah that's a good point I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I remember I had a buddy and he was a power engineer and he was making really good money and he's not a smart dude. So I was like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. So I remember, <laughs> uh, I, remember they had a, I remember they had a course in my hometown. I signed up for it. And I remember first day, like no idea what a power engineer was until I got the books. And then I was, all I knew was boilers. That's all my buddy told me, steam and boilers. And yeah, so. That's how I got into it. I, I have to say, the beginning of that story is the most Canadian thing I have ever heard. So I just oh, got done yeah. playing hockey. <laughs> yeah, I realized wasn't going anywhere with it. So better start life, I guess. That's awesome. So where do you go from here? Do you have a target net worth that you're trying to hit or passive income goal by any stretch? Yeah, so right now with that cabin deal, it costs me quite a bit monthly. So like my goal is just to kind of, I'd like to get that down. Um, it was a, it's a really, it was a family cabin I bought off my grandpa. I was kind of putting, I had 
drawn up this idea in my head and I presented it to him thinking maybe in like five to six years, if he starts slowing down, he might be up for it and call me back a week later and said, let's do it. So I was like, all right. So, so right now that eats up a bunch of my cash, but the end goal for myself is um, now that my wife and I are having kids is be just at a point where I can cover everything and just literally let her, if she wants to be a mom, be a mom. If she wants to go back to nursing, go nursing. If she wants to go for two days, go for two days. Just I, like put her in that position where she can work if she wants, not because she has to kind of thing would be a big one for me. And then, yeah, I just slowly get my, like, it'd be pretty cool if to get to a point where, like, my passive income covers my bills. So then a guy could take that chance of trying that next thing that he's passionate about. And if he doesn't do well at it, maybe you're not getting ahead, but you're not going backwards kind of deal. But yeah, I think for sure that's my short-term goals. Has your spending increased as your net worth has grown? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How how so? well, we're we're pretty good, but I mean, it's easy to creep, right? Like, um, you go on, you just, you don't worry about the $50, you know, you go for supper, your friends ask you, I remember when, before I had the job, you know, like your friends would ask you to go for supper, you're like, oh, we went for supper last week, like we can't go with them this week, you know what I mean? Now you just go, and so I've noticed that, like nothing crazy, but like, you know, $150 here, there, it adds up quick. I mean, we, we just bought a new vehicle too. But we needed one, so it's whatever. But yeah, I mean, the creep for sure. But it's not too bad. We like to travel. So like, we don't really spend money on like flashy stuff. But we enjoy like, my wife and I really enjoy like traveling and suppers and that kind of stuff. Have you considered renting out the cabin or do you already do that? Well, that was kind of the, yeah, that was kind of the deal. Like, because I kind of made my grandpa like an offer for it that gave him a bunch of cash that he didn't have to really worry about. Because he was in a spot where he wanted i think a little bit of cash but he didn't want to sell it because he loves it and then i kind of just approached him like i'm busy with life right now but one day i'd love to be out there for the summers and uh i said i can give you this much cash it takes care of you till the end and i'm not going to be there for a while so just keep using it till the day you're gone and it's kind of a win-win and then once you're gone i'll just kind of carry on with it with my family kind of thing so i don't rent it out because it's only for the summer kind of deal like it's not winterized and it works out perfect too because he's out there every day all the time maintaining it and stuff and so it's kind of a win-win for everyone well i'm i'm really impressed how much you care for your family along the way through all of this and you might not think much of it but but it it speaks a lot about about who you are yeah thanks i mean i made sure the deals worked out for me too don't (laughs) but yeah definitely make sure that uh you know, they're covered. And like, if you can find that's the way I look at life, if you can find a win-win deal for everyone, I think those are pretty easy ones to sign off on. And then, and then, yeah, just like the thing, like I said, back to the goals, I really want to get to a point where it's letting my wife, like Carly decide if she wants to work or if she wants to be a stay-at-home mom. Cause I don't know, some of these stories you hear about some of the daycares and the cities and stuff. And it's just like, I want to put my kid in daycare if we want to, not because we have to just little things like that is kind of, where i'm standing don't blame me on that hear you for sure with a couple little ones ourselves so let's wrap up with some rapid fire questions what's the uh most expensive pair of shoes that you purchased shoes i mean i've spent like 400 bucks on work boots but shoes wise would be like my wedding shoes i think they're like 300 bucks okay what about the uh most expensive meal out that you paid for it's actually funny out on our honeymoon we went to mallorca and we got like a michelin chef or whatever went to whatever that's called or whatever and it was like a thousand bucks and it was honestly the worst meal i've ever eaten <laughs> oh man like, 
we were laugh like it's great is worth every dollar because every time my wife and I bring it up like we just laugh about it because it was cool the whole pre- <laughs> the whole presentation was awesome like there was a guy that with the wine you know like he poured you two glasses and then he took your bottle and then like as soon as you were done he was watching from a distance as soon as you was you were done your last sip he was there filling it up and they had we were there for probably two hours but it was it was just the texture like it was probably hard to make so like I'm giving the guy credit but like it's like he just didn't care what it tastes like and just like the texture was like there was a dessert it was like a sucking chocolate candy and then as soon as you got through it it like exploded an egg yolk in your mouth and i was like geez like it, <laughs> oh, man. it we were set it was funny we we're taking bites of it and just like biting something and sending it back there was a little bit of duck that was okay but we were sending everything back and then finally the, the chef himself comes out and he's like hey how's your meal and you know typical canadians oh it's very good thank you so much like you know and it's like he's like are you sure everything's good like, yeah it's really good you're doing a great job back there buddy and then he that was it and he went back and there's like people in the restaurant and they're all like on they're like oh that's so good you gotta try this i'm like you guys can't think that like this is it was like an episode of fear factor it was it was awful but it was a great experience and it was worth every penny because we laugh all the time about it honestly (laughs) it was worth it for me for you to spend a thousand dollars on that meal just for the story yeah i was 800 to a thousand because yeah because Canadian dollar versus the euro for sure it was up there but no well I don't blame you man I've had a few of those myself and sometimes I'm just like man I just could have gone and got three dollars four dollar tacos and been extremely happy yeah like I think we went out after like I'm sure we did because it was just trying to get through it for sure but no well we made her (laughs) that's awesome what about the most expensive car uh car well most spent like I bought a boat a few years ago if that counts but I sold it but the, we just bought a Lincoln, and that was 90000 Did you buy that brand new? Uh, the Lincoln, yeah. All cash? Uh, no, actually, I'm never going to pay cash for a vehicle because they lose so bad. I got a good interest rate. I'll happily, I'm a big believer in just a vehicle is going to cost you X amount per month. I'd rather, instead of paying cash for 100 and in 10 years when it's worth 20 I'd just put 100 in a something that pays a good dividend to make the payment and just won't grow that hundred but at least hope they won't lose it just let it pay for the car so yeah we financed that one we put some money down just so the payment wasn't depressing but we financed it yeah. okay what uh what's been the most expensive i guess maybe it was this honeymoon because you're spending grand on the meal but most expensive bucket list experience or trip that you've uh been on uh yeah probably our honeymoon we treat ourselves it's probably around 10 grand for a week went to thailand i forget how much that cost but that was a good one that's the nice thing about my wife and i too is she's kind of pushes me because i can get a little frugal and uh so it's good like i remember with uh with that thailand trip it, i had 15 grand to my name and it was i was done school she was done school and she said this is the only time before we start work that we can just leave for a month and i just didn't want to do it and i remember spending i was like okay it's gonna cost me like five grand i was like okay we'll go but like i'm not looking forward to this and it turned out to be the best trip of my life so she kind of makes me spend when i'm saving maybe a little bit too much and it's every time she's done that it's worked out to be awesome now i love traveling and we do it as much as we can so but i think 10 grand for the honeymoon was probably the most one-time trip nice is there a place or experience that you're looking forward to that's still on the list ah there's tons yeah we want to go everywhere i think our biggest goal is to just like not stop when the kid comes like we just want to push ourselves to just because we have a newborn or something that's going to be harder but we're still going to do the trips it's just be a little different but we want to just keep traveling with the with the baby so that's our next one 
we took our oldest, we had kind of a similar mindset. Our oldest daughter, we took her to Europe twice before she was, I mean, what, she was probably 14 months old that second trip. I think we took her at eight months. I was not paying for her to go to Europe, so it was definitely before she turned two. Yeah, get that free seat. I can confirm we have not done uh, anything over the pond since we've had more than one kid, but... yeah. But we, we enjoy traveling with the kids. Uh, I don't actually like the traveling portion of traveling, but I like being other places with my kids as well. Yeah, it would be the same way for sure. It's funny, too, because when there's a baby on the flight cussing or something, I just have to tell myself, like, that could be me. Can't chirp them no more. But Yeah. What's a key lesson you learned from childhood? Uh, I think most I got was probably just, like, do whatever it took. Lesson from my mom and my dad, kind of just, like, do whatever it takes to kind of pay the bills kind of thing. Um, I've seen them you know, work multiple jobs or whatever. Um, didn't realize it back then, but now when you're your own adult and realize how much the world costs, that you kind of realize the sacrifice that they did for sure. Okay. What's the craziest thing that you've ever done to earn money? Probably cleaned up dog poop. We uh, had a thing at work. We were talking about, I don't know what, some, and uh, one guy bet me that you couldn't make money cleaning dog poop. Well, I said, yeah, you can clean dog poop or something. And, and uh, I just put like a stupid Facebook ad just to prove a point. And, uh, started getting all these blow ups so I told the guys like I'll do two months of it and show you the money and it was funny I made like three four hundred bucks every day's off just going to clean and like some people would call me and I had to double check the address. I was like there's like three piles of poop back here and they're like yeah I just hate like, <laughs> there's like I just hate dog poop. They're like just yeah here's sixty bucks grab it. I was like all right <laughs> so but I stopped it but it was just to prove a point to a guy at work but that's probably the Oh, that's funny. What about the most fun that you've had with money? Uh, my boat, for sure. I miss it. But uh, that was the most fun I had with it. I would say. How much did you spend on that boat and why did you sell it? Uh, I paid 104000 for it. And uh, so my, that's my thing is I'm into boats and like the lake and stuff. But I was watching forever for deals. And then my goal was to just buy one, use it for five years. And then like they hold their value for being like depreciating asset pretty good. So I was like, if I can get a good enough deal, I can probably use it for five years and maybe only lose like 10 grand on it. So I bought the boat, found the deal, bought it, paid cash for it, which was nice. And then used it like hard that summer, had like 28 people at the most, um, like at our cabin that summer, like all my buddies, it was fun. And we used it, put a ton of hours on it. And then COVID hit and we were going to be busy for the next few years because weddings got kind of pushed. So I wasn't going to get to use it. And I listed it for fun for what did I list it for? One hundred twenty-five thousand, and it sold in forty-five minutes. Yeah, wow. It was easier. Yeah, and it was easier deal than like selling like a chair on marketplace. The guy just literally said, "Send me three grand to take the listing down." Asked if he could look at it. I was like, "Yeah, it's a lot of money." Went and looked at it, and then literally I just pulled it to a parking lot, and I was going to show him how everything works. Like that's what YouTube's for. Gave me a certified check, and he was gone. I was like, "Okay." Wow. Yeah. What kind of boat was it? It was a, it was a 2018 R23 uh, Taiga. Taiga, nice. Yeah, yeah. But you uh, sucks now gonna get another one? Well, one day for sure. But that's the thing that sucks is now to replace it, right? But uh, maybe once the cabin's paid off and things are looking a little better or something, and maybe if interest rates, I'm gonna sit on some cash here for a bit until these interest rates straighten out, since I have a few renewals coming up. So want to make sure we're all right there, and then I would like for sure to get another one though. Nice. What's a closely held belief that you once had that you recently changed your mind on? Probably that, like, I remember growing up, like, oh, if you just had a normal job, you couldn't make it. Like, all these guys that are rich must have had it handed to them or something. But once I figured out kind of how 
compound interest works. It's pretty impressive how like you don't need to make much money. You just have to know where to put it and what to do with it. Like, like for example, like we we're gonna do. I'm gonna do it with my kid. Like you put seven thousand away the day he was born. Put it in an S and P five hundred, and if you ne- never touch it, he, and teach him never to touch it, and he doesn't until he's sixty five. Like he'll have a million. You add two hundred bucks on top of that, he's got like five million. It's like wow. Like everyone has seven grand and two hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like if you want to put your mind to it, so it's like. So that's kind of the thing where I'd really like to go. Like my goal would be to like teach people the basics of finance because it's kind of breaks my heart. Like I've told a few people, like older people about it and like to watch their face when they realize like that's how that works. And then they've realized like they've missed their time. You know what I mean? It's kind of like heartbreaking. So it'd be cool to find like, just teach like people at you know, like I started at 25, but like even knowing how much more ahead I'd be if I started at 18, you know, and it can just be a couple hundred bucks, like just crazy how the compound interest can really change people's lives and just i don't think anyone knows it like school doesn't teach it to you i always joke like you know i didn't know how to invest but i can play give me a recorder i can play hot cross buns it's like sweet like like you know what i mean like i'm ready for the real world so it's like it'd be nice to if i could i think i would love to do that like if i didn't have to worry about money i would just probably do something in that route you hear it here first man learning how to do hot cross buns versus compounded interest what is our school system teaching (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know. It's a joke, but whatever. That's another conversation. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. When you think about luck, skill, hard work, how would you rank those? I would say hard work. I notice the harder you work, the more lucky you get, I would say. Like, for example, like, you know, just my deals too. Like, I just come up with win-wins and then you kind of seem like you got lucky. And then, uh, and then, yeah, what was the last one? Hard work, luck, and skill. Yeah, you got to be skillful too. But I mean, I'm kind of a pinhead and I'm battling through it. So it's like, I'd put that one last for sure. Awesome. Any last words of advice for somebody who's just starting out? Uh, I'd say just stick to the basics till you figure out what kind of way you want to go. Make sure you figure out like your why, you know, because someone that, like I said, maybe you want to cover bills will be different than someone that wants growth. And just, I would say also too, don't get overwhelmed. Like if you only start with 50 bucks, start with 50 bucks instead. If you, like if someone's and don't compare yourself to others because there's always going to be someone that's crushing it compared to you. So I would say just start and reach out. Like uh, I was always kind of nervous and I've, that's one thing I've been working on is kind of getting mentors. And uh, I've noticed that's helped. Like one of our friends, dads, I've became quite close with. He's done very well for himself and it's, we text every day and anytime I have any business questions, I just go straight to him and he'll give me his take on it or what he would do or what he's done. And just to have someone like that is just, uh, it's great to have in your corner because you'll notice the more people you reach out to, they want to, they want to help. Like if anyone's listening to this and they want to reach out to me anyways, like if I can't help with you, I'll, I'll give you my advice and anything like that. So just reach out, I would say is my advice and yeah, don't be scared to just start for sure and start if you're young get at it yeah do your friends and or family know of your wealth no um no one well they they know i'm doing good but like i'll probably keep this pretty low like obviously my wife knows um and then i had a few drinks the other day at a wedding and told my one good buddy that i was coming on so so if it gets leaked (laughs) uh, if it gets leaked i know who to go after <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I have a few drinks and I told my buddy I'm a millionaire. I love it. Well, he's awesome. my best. He's my best bud. So if there's one guy, I need, I need to talk to because I was nervous coming on. So needed someone to tell. But yeah, definitely let it slip. 
That's cool. Awesome. That's Jerry with a net worth of $1.3 million. Became a millionaire before he was even 30 years old. Thanks for coming on the show today. All right. Thanks, guys. For, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast with Jace Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website, millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.